Welcome back to Mondehan's podcast. Today's topic is inspired by nature, the one place which I draw most of my inspiration from. We will briefly discuss Agenda 2030, biophilia, and the importance of being outside. Let's talk about Agenda 2030. I know it sounds like a title to some conspiracy theory, but I promise it's not. Um, if you're into earth-saving tactics and understand a bit about the environment or the world economy, you may have heard about this initiative a few years ago. Now, in 2015, the UN came together in some big fancy meeting and said that each participating country will have a sustainability plan to reduce emissions and other environmentally harmful practices by 2030. And in that meeting, they came up with 17 different objectives, some intertwined with others, but nonetheless, they're all connected to biology and engineering. There are mentions of world hunger, poverty, gender equality, uh, clean energy, and other stuff. But if you just Google the words United Nations Agenda 2030, you will see all of them there. Uh, once in a while, when I get curious, I read up on some countries just to see which ones are following this plan. And let me tell you how hard it is for some nations to go from like hundreds of years of practices and then all of a sudden change themselves within 15 years. Mind you, they say 15 years in a developing country is a whole generation, considering how young girls are married off early or some just have children at like 13, 14, 15. So it's 15 years to some is not a lot. And also 15 years is um, kind of an average time that I, I heard this through some psychiatrists that it could take between 8 to 16 years for... Um, narcissists to learn to heal from who they really are and I laugh so hard but I know what you're thinking what does narcissism have to do with this but listen closely my friends if you look around the world and see our leaders and you don't have to dig deep before you start to see some extreme traits in most of them so I'm saying this whole 15 year thing is um it's a far reach but we have to try right uh, so <laughs> I have a very strong opinion on this whole Agenda 2030 thing, but this isn't the episode for it. I just thought I'd mention it because we're talking about the planet. So when it comes down to it, do I trust the changes that will take place? Am I optimistic about any of the objectives? I'm not going to answer that publicly. But we're seven years away from the deadline, and I don't know about you, but the economy is doing what it does best, fluctuates. Companies are putting up even bigger facades than ever before. On top of that, we had a pandemic, and then people are more divided than ever, and then now Russia. I can't say that any louder. Um... So I don't know. Yay, Earth, I guess. I'm not impressed um, with a lot of the efforts that are being made around the world. I don't have a public opinion on it. Um, even I'm not impressed with my own efforts, to be, to be honest, because I could do better. I am not pleased with the government. And... 
I know that when it comes to the economy, there's a lot when it's like, you know, companies' visions and the things that they have to do. And I get it. I get it. But I also blame all of us. So the only thing I can control is what's in my immediate life or my everyday efforts in maintaining the parts that I can maintain, being that I have to practice mindful consumption. And that's just where it's at with my opinions for Agenda 2030. I don't know about you, but take time to think about this and uh, reach out. Let me know what you think or um, talk about it with yourself or your family because it's a very important matter. And unfortunately, it's not brought out often for people to have to speak on it. There aren't many debates about it, which is the other thing too that happens when you're given a task after like a meeting and some people, they go and they practice. Others, after the meeting, they just start living their lives as if the meeting never happened. So yeah, out of all the countries recognized by the UN, not all of them, um, sadly, are practicing any of these things. And once you see the list, you'll see why. But anyway, I'm done trailing with this because, like I said, I have to make a whole entire podcast about it because it's a lot. I'm passionate about it, and I'll just stop here. Uh, the next topic for today is biophilia. Here is the meaning and history. Um, let's break it down. Obviously, we know bio means life. Philia means love. So to love life and all living things. I can promise you today is when I found out that this word came or it was coined by a guy named Erich Fromm. He is a social psychologist from Germany. Um, and he actually has a very interesting life. Like I would go and read on him if I were you because Oh my goodness, like some of the people that I get to read about are awesome. And when I look back at their lives and the things they studied and their belief systems, I'm just so like intrigued by it all. But yeah, his name is Erich Fromm. You can spell it E-R-I-C-H, last name F-R-O-M-M. And then you'll see um, his idea. But yeah, so biophilia, he coined it as um, the love of life and all living things. So I guess to be biophilic is to be a person that... Anyway, English is not Englishing for me. But uh, the other day was Earth Day. And um, <sighs> I have a thing with Earth Day where... I understand that in the Western world, they put aside a day for everything in the calendar because there are so many causes to attend to, but some causes are just everyday problems that need to be solved on a daily basis, and some people wait until a particular calendar day to start acting, which is a problem with putting things on a particular day, and so... um it is still important to have these days, obviously, as reminders, but I think for us, the humans who are in modernized countries, 
we have a bigger duty to serve to the earth because we're given more information than others in the world because not everyone um, has the resources that we have. Therefore, we have, I don't know, more responsibility than they do, I guess. And some people from the developing countries don't even have control over their countries as they get destroyed by quote-unquote developing or developed countries because some of them like third world countries they do really mad things to each other all in the name of the economy and um it's just really sad so we need to be vigilant and we need to be educators and even better practitioners as um some would say it when it comes to our due diligence with the planet for me i remember when I was little, like in Africa, my grandma, she taught me how to plant seeds and I learned which ones that needed to go like deeper into the earth where others just, you just dig a little bit and then you plant it. And I remember most of the time we didn't even need to water anything because the rain did the work for us. So for me, this connection to nature as a kid, like it was out of necessity because for us back home, we have to plant the things we want to eat. Um, and unfortunately, the middle years of my life, I have to admit, I lost touch with planting things because most of my life I've now lived in a Western country and away from a farm. And the way the housing system works here is that up until recently, when all these like planters were beginning to resurface, like that's when people could actually plant things on their um, properties. So yeah, I've lost a lot of years. And it's sad that as an adult, those things kind of went away. But relearning to um, get back to them is what's important. And I'm still learning the process as we speak. So for me, this podcast and the purpose of like my whole Mondurans podcast, it's a reminder to myself um, that... A lot of the things that we do in life are obviously through continuous learning and that we have to draw from, you know, inspiration from everything that around that is around us. And we have the duty to serve this earth more than ever before, considering the state of it right now. So my part is just remembering to love nature and for yourself, the same thing, go outside and give back by either picking up garbage or practicing mindful eating living a conscious life by limiting material goods and learning to plant things because that's really important. (laughs) But yeah, out of all those things, I'm like, just remember to go outside. And I know what you mean. Like, I know what you're thinking. Like, of course, I go outside. I have to go outside to get to work or to run errands. But I'm like, no, have you really gone outside? Like, you know, for a nature walk or to get some fresh air and to notice the things around you um get some sun do you know the benefits of being outside all of these things are very important and if you can take away anything from this episode just ask yourself these two things and also go look up agenda 2030 because it's important um how's your earth care knowledge and are you one with the earth remember those two things so i know you've probably heard uh what's that word It's this quote that says, we only have one world, so let's take care of it. I find that quote to be very important. So remember to do that too. 
But also your tasks that I gave you from episode one, where I said, go to a local charity and then volunteer and um, buy some seeds and plant them. Let me tell you how my butterfly wildflower has not sprouted. And the instructions on it did say that six to 10 days it'll, it'll um, sprout. I don't know where it went wrong. I follow the instructions, but it's not sprouting. So for May, I have to try a new plant because <laughs> I feel so stuck. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, but now we'll end this episode here because uh, I want to keep my episodes short. Um, but our song for today, uh, it's not really a song. It's instrumentals uh, to the song Hallelujah, which was written by Leonard Cohen. Oh, what a talented man. Oh, by the way, I had a chance to visit his gravesite two years ago. I know that's a weird flex, but I like to honor the dead. Um, God bless him. Anyway, the instruments uh, that are in this are mostly the cello and violin, and they're played by Shekukane Mason. There are a few others in it too, but he plays the cello so beautifully, and I love, love string instruments. I remember falling in love with violin when I was like seven years old watching the Titanic movie. I just didn't like, I don't know. It was weird. I watched the people play the violin while others were like in chaos and running for their lives. But somehow I found peace in listening to that instrument. It's weird to say, but I wish I could play the violin. It's the one instrument that I haven't tried. But um, yeah, string instruments just bring me down to earth. I love them. They make me happy. They have this weird vibration in them that flows really well with me. And I just love how I feel when I'm around them. So this hallelujah song, oh, it hits different. Look it up. It's by Sheku Kane Mason. He plays a lot of um, covers of violin, not violin, cello, cello songs all over um, the internet. But yeah, I'll listen to it again <laughs> on my way to work. And um, yeah, so lastly, what are your favorite instruments and why? Because, you know, I might not be able to see you, but you can answer this for yourself. And um, I don't know. I'll leave it here because I don't have much to say. I know that sounded like a rant because I'm always ranting, but oh, goodbye for now. And um Remember to be the best you that you absolutely can be. The month of April is over and we're going into May really soon. I don't know how, like, time is going by so fast. So I am signing off and goodbye, you guys.